Morning, hoes. Did you hear the news? I just saw this alert. Joe Biden, Joe Biden, president, he's got the Rona. Oh dear. This thing is still out there, Kansas City. You see, our numbers are going up. I'm not trying to be that guy. Actually, no, that. Yes, I am trying to be that guy. Put your mask back on, y'all. Have you looked at the numbers? We haven't done a COVID update in a hot minute. The cases are up. A lot of folks now, they're at home testing. So the numbers you see that are being reported are honestly hella low. And we got these new variants that are now dominant in the U.S. So get your shots, get your boosters, boost me back better. Baby! It's also hot as hell, Kansas City. So please, please be safe. Check in on the homies. Make sure your folks are good. I need you here. I need you. I love you. On the show today, Kansas City, we are going to catch up with our friends from the National World War I Museum and Memorial. Matthew Naylor, he's the president and CEO over at the National World War I Museum and Memorial. And their new exhibition is live and it is incredible. Black citizenship in the age of Jim Crow. I went and checked it out a couple weeks ago. I dare you not to feel some things after seeing this exhibition in Kansas City. So we're going to have Matt on the show to tell us all about it. Rate, review, subscribe, do that thing you do. Kansas City, tell your friends about what we got going on. The Pitch Awards, best of for 2022. We try to run this thing back again. Let's take another lap, huh? Why not? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Nominate the KC Morning Show, best local pod. I think Kansas City, that's all I got. Conditions still ideal. It is a good day to be a Kansas Cityan. Always because of you, Kansas City. We'll see you in the morning. That creed, a creed at the core of every American whose story is not yet written. Yes, we can. The Casey Morning Show. This exhibition features remarkable objects from the collection here at the National World War I Museum and Memorial that helps understand the experience of black soldiers who served valiantly in the Great War. Those who served did so to help make the world for democracy. They served for democracy, but they were denied many of those rights when they came home. Our work here is to ensure that stories that are often not told 
are preserved and shared. And this is one of these exhibitions that does that. This exhibit highlights the service and the suffering that occurred in World War I. This gives our community a chance to really understand what happened decades ago, to tell that story. But more importantly, as we tell that story, how does it help us as a community address issues that we would like to address in our very exceptional city? We're at a place in our community where we're trying to grow and be more diversified, be more inclusive. And this story can be the platform for what happened then, but again, importantly, what we can do about our community today so that we can be a community for everyone. The story of black soldiers is a powerful story and one that helps us understand our contemporary experience. And we invite you to come to the National World War I Museum and Memorial and experience black citizenship in the age of Jim Crow. Back on your KC Morning Show. Thank you so much for being here, my friend. Matthew Naylor, he is the president of the National World War I Museum and Memorial. And on the show today, Kansas City, we're going to talk about black citizenship in the age of Jim Crow. We are exploring the struggle for full citizenship and racial equality that unfolded after the Civil War and leading into World War One. The new exhibition at the National World War One Museum and Memorial, Matthew Naylor. Taylor, welcome back to the show, my friend. Yeah, happy to be with you. How do we get this to the museum? I knew I was going to be hit in the face with some things. I knew I was going to feel. But, I mean, this is a story of triumph, but also heartache and resiliency. And honestly, the through line is that we will continue to overcome. Am I reading on that right? Yeah, I, I think it really is a powerful exhibition. You know, our friends at the New York Historical Society organized the show and we've worked with them to enrich it and we're so delighted to have it here. It really is a story both of struggle and triumph. It really sets the stage to better understand what happened during World War One with the ongoing fights for equality that came out especially following the war. A really powerful show with great stories and really exceptional objects. Why, why is this so important right now? You know, I've had the honor, my friend, of, of doing some shows with you last few weeks, last few months. We've been alongside each other and these talks that you've been giving, you know, history is, is so much in the present right now. It is. And it's so critical for us to understand where we've been in order for us to understand where we're going. What strikes me about this experience, this particular exhibition, is the parallels that we find in so many ways, all be them different to our current experience. You know, democracy is under threat right across the globe. And these characters, the stories that we tell in this exhibition left our shores to go to Europe to fight for democracy, as did millions of other Americans. And here we find ourselves 100 years later, still in an environment where democracy needs to be fought for, where the values of liberty and freedom and democracy really have to be front and center of our efforts and our struggles. And that story is told through a different lens in this really powerful exhibition. And we meet folks. That's the part I think I love the most is that we get a chance to have this intimate relationship with our brothers. I mean, these are our brothers and our sisters whose stories are so often forgotten. These folks who were fighting for that freedom and they didn't even have that freedom at home. I'm talking about folks like Sergeant Henry Johnson and Needham Roberts and members of the 93rd Division. They call them the Harlem Hellfighters, you know, that mural when you walk in of the shots of both service members and museum memories that makes up the 
the photo of Sergeant Henry Johnson. I mean, Matthew, yeah, it's, that it's is... such a powerful installation, isn't it? This is the graphic installation prior to moving into the exhibition that introduces us to Sergeant Henry Johnson, who's a Medal of Honor recipient after his death. African-Americans made up about 10% of the U.S. population around at the time of World War One, but the U.S. Army was made up of 13% of African-Americans. They were overrepresented in the makeup of, of the U.S. armed forces, and about 80% of African-Americans who were in the uh, armed forces were in non-combat units, and that was typically around 60% for, for white troops, ongoing discrimination and segregation. And then 20% were in combat units, but fought with the French. And the most highly decorated American units or American servicemen were in the African-American units and including Henry Johnson. Just extraordinary valor, extraordinary courage. And regretfully, when he returned to the U.S., still faced profound discrimination. In many respects, his life sort of went off the rails. And then after his death, he was recognized for his valor. And we tell that story in the exhibition and uh, talk about what he did to be a recipient of the Medal of Honor. Enormously courageous and representative, I think, of a generation of men who were fighting for the values that we claim to be so important, exemplified in the memorial here, those of democracy, of liberty, of freedom. A really powerful story of Henry Johnson. You know, letters from from these soldiers who, who say exactly that. They understand and know firsthand that this freedom that they're fighting for, they're not seeing any of that at home. But you could also see in those letters that they were fighting for that. It wasn't a passive, we've got to go do this. They expected that to be returned and showed to them when they got home. And unfortunately, what they got home to was a world that really wasn't interested in, in their freedom. Yeah, no, you're, you're exactly right. And that story is told in part here at the National World War Museum Memorial and coupled with public programming, we're exploring that. But it's also a story of triumph because it does discuss the incredible efforts that people made, that African-Americans made, that Caucasian-Americans made in order to work toward racial equality. And, you know, that struggle continues. It's a powerful reminder for us. And the objects that are in this exhibition are especially powerful. One of the objects that for me is just really confronting is a mail carrier's bag from about 1896, the bag that a mail carrier would, would carry to deliver mail and collect mail. And there's a photograph of the inside of this bag. And on one side, it shows that the collected mail for one side is from white persons and on the other side of the bag, it's marked that the mail is from black persons. So the white male is on one side of the bag and black male is on the other side of the bag. And I tell you, when I first saw that, it is extraordinarily confronting. I think for me, the thing that stood out, you know, there are actual chains that slaves were shackled to that are in this exhibition and you know as someone who studies this who wants to see that more perfect union when you were confronted with that when you look at it in the yeah. face it is hard not to have some type of introspective moment no matter who you are no absolutely right and so for me the exhibition also asks me the question what am i doing to work towards racial equality? What am I doing to preserve democracy? What am I doing to ensure that this fragile freedom that we experience 
to varying degrees, what am I doing to work toward the greater promise? So, you know, for me, it's a, it's a, it's a call to be a better human being, a, a really encouraging exhibition through the things that I look as well this exhibition it is also a story of triumph and resiliency and coalition building with all the different movements that did see so much promise and progress there was some real radical progress in the 20s and 30s and in the 60s and activism we even still see today you know we do have to celebrate the wins and the progress along the way because those struggles were worth celebrating because we won some of those struggles i'm curious with this exhibition and just the museum at large you know where do you see the national world war one museum museum and memorial as this community commons as a way to coalition build we don't just celebrate history for the sake of looking at it we want to use it to get better you know the work of the national world war one museum and memorial is about memory and learning it's to honor the sacrifice of those who served and to confess war's horror and to also understand how we continue to be shaped by events that took place back then. And what's unique about this collection, about this museum, unlike any other museum, and that was our forebears, it was the, the founders of the museum 100 years ago here in Kansas City who made a decision to collect encyclopedically from all of the belligerents to be able to seek to tell stories from the margins to ensure that voices that would otherwise not be heard are being told. And that is unique to this particular institution in comparison to other uh, peers in other countries. And so, you know, this exhibition, like so many others that we're featured, is consistent with that, that we would want to be able to ensure that it's as comprehensive storytelling as is possible, because it's by hearing such a multitude of voices then that we're able to more understand the full experience of World War One. We're better able to understand how our world has been shaped to Day, and then what we can do in order to be able to respond to the unique circumstances that we face today. What Mark Twain, who said, history doesn't repeat itself, but it often rhymes. It's so important that we understand how history shaped our world in order for us to make better decisions for the future. And this exhibition, I think, is a part of that storytelling. Well, my friend, I so appreciate you all telling this story. I'm a proud member of the National World War I Museum and Memorial. I'm so impressed by the programming that you all have been putting out, not just recently here in the last few weeks or months, but the last few years, even before COVID times. And we got Balloon Glow coming back in August. Well, it's a fantastic family event. A great time to come out August 20th in the evening. We'll have more than 20 hot air balloons tethered and they fire them up. As the sun goes down, it is an absolutely beautiful experience, coupled with food trucks. Our band Grand Marquis will be here. Really wonderful experience. And it links us back to the beginning of balloons, dirigibles, as they were called, in World War One. then the evolution of balloons. It's just a beautiful sight. It's a great way to spend an evening where, you know, come on out with your friends and family. Really, really fine. And I'll tell you, in this really hot weather that we're experiencing at the moment, the Museum and Memorial is a great place to come and visit. It's nice and cool inside it's always the same temperature and uh it's a great place to bring your family kids love coming here especially if you can take in black citizenship in the age of jim crow and with the balloon glow also go check out war remains the vr experience i don't want to give away too much as far as the balloon ride but wink wink nudge nudge yeah exactly right it's the beginning of that whole experience in war remains which is a remarkable experience it's it's immersive vr fantastic you know rob regal said to me matt this is after 24 years as a marine this is as close 
to being in conflict that I've ever been when I've not been on the battlefield. It's a spectacular experience. Matt, before I let you go, I usually have my folks, I always ask them, you know, is it a good day to be a Kansas Cityan? But I'm going to pivot. I want to I do something a little bit different for you, my friend, because I think I know what your answer is going to be. So instead, I want you to make a pitch. What is your pitch for Kansas City? What is your pitch for Kansas City's place in history as we move forward? You know, I've lived in several continents and I've traveled in lots of cities around the world. And I got to say that Kansas City is small enough, but big enough to have the very best of what you need to have a great life. The cultural activities that we have here, sporting teams, great restaurants, and of course, a museum here at the National World War I Museum and Memorial that you expect to find in New York or in London or perhaps in Sydney, but here it is in Kansas City. We're proud to be the stewards of this incredible museum and what a great city that have cared for it and looked after it for this past 100 years. Matthew Naylor, he is the president and CEO of the National World War I Museum and Memorial Black Citizenship in the Age of Jim Crow. This incredible exhibition going on right now, running through, you said, September? Yeah, middle of September. Middle of September. So my friends, go get all your tickets. Information can be found at theworldwar.org. Matt, will you come back on the show? You bet. You and me in one of those balloons. Let's go. Yeah, good deal. Hey, thanks, Hatzel. Come home now. Alabama's got me so upset Tennessee made me lose my rest Everybody knows about Mississippi God damn Alabama's got me so upset California's made me lose my rest Everybody knows about Mississippi God damn Can't you see it? I know you can feel it It's all in the air I can't stand this pressure much longer Somebody say a prayer Alabama's got me so upset And Tennessee's made me lose my rest Everybody knows about Mississippi God dogs on my trail school children sitting in jail black hat cross my path I think every day is gonna be my last Lord have mercy on this land of mine we all gonna get it in due time I don't belong here I don't belong there I've even stopped believing in prayer Just about do. I've been there, so I know. They keep on saying, Go slow. That's what they say, Go slow. That's what they say, Go slow. That's what's the trouble. Stop. Washing the windows. Stop. Picking the cotton. We're nothing but rotten. Stop. We're too damn lazy. Stop. Crazy Where am I going What am I doing 